And good morning. Welcome to the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, on this Saturday, October the 17th. We are, uh, we are doing uh, a, something a little different due to a work schedule change in, in, my, in my life. So we are going to be recording on Saturdays. And I think we'll, we'll begin to make uh, the podcast available on Saturdays instead of Wednesdays. We don't want to delay what, what we're doing uh, episode by episode. So we will be changing the, the published date of every episode from Wednesday uh, of every week to Saturday of every week. And I, I hope that will make it more convenient for uh, more of you to tune in and listen in. Uh, have your co-host, uh, your regular co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, with me today. And uh, we've got a segment for you today that is going to be uh, kind of a build-on to last week's uh, uh, episode on where, where Pastor covered grace and uh, in, in specifically teaching grace. What, what does the grace of God teach us? And it was a wonderful segment. Um, today, I think we're going to be using Pastor, uh, if, if uh, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure, we're going to be using uh, one of the booklets that you've written called Grace All Over the Place. Is that correct? That's correct. Fantastic. A- actually, a- actually, the book is entitled Full of Grace and Truth, and it's two articles. And the first article is uh, called Grace All Over the Place. Well, I'll tell you what, it sounds wonderful, and uh, I'm ready for some some amazing information on the amazing grace of God. So if you'll get us started, uh, we'll prayerfully continue and uh, get, get, go ahead and get us uh, go ahead and get us started, Pastor, if you will. All right, uh, we'll start with um, uh, with Titus chapter two eleven, which said, "The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men." But you know, grace is not uh, limited to just salvation. Uh, that's the most important thing, but uh, uh, there's a lot more to grace than than what we talked about last week. Yes. And in John chapter one, verse one, it talked about the two outstanding attributes of Jesus Christ, and they are grace and truth. Right. Uh, John one one says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." So it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in John 1.14, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. And then further, further down in John 1.17, it says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Absolutely, right. Yeah. You know, Curtis, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're... We're God's dependents. Yes. Uh, first, first John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. The moment you believe, you become, you become God's son. Now, this we're God's son. Now what we are and what we ought to be and what we shall be depends on these two great attributes of Jesus Christ. Correct. Now, We'll take a scripture look at these two in, in the uh, following articles this week and next week. And one, one is titled Grace All Over the Place, and we'll do that this week. And then uh, Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Oh, yeah. And that'll be the title of our next podcast. So let's start. Um, Curtis, you've been with me because uh, you're my son for through quite a few things, quite a few places. Absolutely, yes. And, We've been in the biggest churches and the best churches in America. We have. Uh, remember Emmanuel Baptist Church in Pontiac, Michigan? I do. Average, average 3,000 per Sunday. Yes. Dr. Tom Malone was the pastor. And sadly, I have to say that that church does not even exist anymore. Right, yeah. And then we were in, then we were in um, 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 the church at, uh, at Hammond where... Um, we listened to the great Dr. Jack Hiles, and they had an average attendance of about 5,000 to 7,000 every week while we were there. Right, that's right. 
school of, of Averyville Baptist Church, and Dr. Bobby Lounsbury was the pastor of that church, and we had 22 Sunday school bus routes, and we averaged over 1,000 every Sunday uh, in Sunday school and church, and uh, while we were there at those places, uh, we didn't sing these modern junk songs, I call them. <laughs> we... Amazing Grace. Amazing how Grace. Sweet, how sweet the sound that saved the grace of the wretch like me. We say Amazing Grace. Then we then we sang Wonderful Grace of Jesus. That was a rouser. Greater than all grace. my sin. Yeah. Yes. How shall my tongue describe it? Where shall its praise begin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And then we sang. And then we sang Marvelous Grace of our loving Lord. Oh, grace yeah. that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yeah. And those wonderful, wonderful hymns, we sang them frequently, and and we probably have most of them memorized. But, you know, I wonder sometimes if we really comprehend the eminence, the enormity, the extent, the encouragement, the edification of this amazing, wonderful, and marvelous doctrine of grace. Yeah. It's been perverted over the years, it's been added to over the years, and yet grace it still stands now the word grace appears in the king james version which i use and i suggest that you use it too uh, the word grace appears in the king james version 38 times in the old testament 38 times mm -hmm. this is before the uh, this is before the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ right. grace in the old testament and it occurs 128 times in the new testament now, there's a, there's a law of, of uh, theological interpretation. It's called the law of first mention. Right. And, and when a word, an important word in the Bible, is mentioned the first time, then that's what it's going to mean all the way through the Bible. And so uh, this uh, 128 times in the New Testament, the Greek word for grace is charis. It's hard to pronounce, but that's what the Greek house pronounced in the Greek, which simply means a gift. Right. In the yeah. Old Testament, the, the Greek, the, the Hebrew word is chen, and and in its simplest definition, it means favor. Mm -hmm. So it's it's favor or gift. But and so, if you could earn it or buy it, then it isn't a gift. Yeah, it can't be a gift if if you can work for it. Yeah. Correct. So, and so let's take a look at the first mention of grace in the scriptures. And it's found in Genesis chapter 6, 8. And uh, most believers are familiar uh, with this chapter. Genesis chapter 6. Uh, there was a terrible thing going along, going on. People were, doing, were being wicked. And uh, th there was a satanic activity going on for a period of almost between 1,600 and 1,800 years, depending upon how you uh, mm -hmm. look at the genealogies. And it was terrible. And, and it got to the point that, uh, that God had to, had to say that every imagination of the thoughts of his, that is, man's heart, was only evil continually yeah the whole the whole human race had been corrupted at the at that point except for right noah. except for noah because who Genesis, who found who found grace in the eyes of the lord well, now the, the hebrew word for found means it take, he took hold of that's right And we know he ain't. We know he ain't. in his generations 
and he walked with God. And that tells us that since he was a just man, that means he was saved. That's right. I mean, yeah, it's just as if, uh, uh, what, like what it was said about Abraham, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him or reckoned to him for righteousness. It says so, it four times in the Bible, once in Genesis, uh, once in the book of uh, Romans, once in the book of Galatians, and once, once in the book of James. So I think it's pretty important uh, that Abraham believed God. So, so how did how did Abraham, and that word found means took hold of. Right. So Abraham took hold of the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did he do that? Well, uh, he, he did it by believing. believing. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For grace are you saved through faith. <laughs> right. Period. Period. End of story. <laughs> but but you are not righteous until uh, unless and until you believe God. That's correct. All right, and so and so uh, Noah believed God, and he was he was found righteous. He took hold of God's grace through faith, just like Abraham, who believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now the program of grace. Now, I, I, I hate to put it that way, but it, it, it's, I don't want to limit grace. Grace is not limited. The program of grace, or grace is clearly outlined in Genesis 6-9 by speaking of Noah's salvation. Right. And right. we already talked about it by saying Noah was a just man. Mm-hmm. And then it talks about his sanctification. It says he was perfect in his generations. Right. And then it speaks of God's service. It says he walked with God. Now, I, I've made a list of things about grace, Curtis, and uh, and I've got ten things that we're going to talk about. Fantastic. And w- w- yeah, and uh, so if I go beyond an hour, don't don't stop me. <laughs> nope, I don't intend to. You go, you go, boy. <laughs> Right. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, there's ten of these things. There's ten of these things, and uh, I, I'm, I wish I could preach a, a sermon on on all these ten things uh, one one at a time. <laughs> but let's get them all ten into this podcast. Okay. And and uh, I think it will help our believer, our believing friends, and those who are not yet saved. Right. About God's grace. Grace all over the place. So first and foremost, number one, we see sovereign grace. In First Peter five ten, uh, we see these words. It says, "The God of all grace." Mm-hmm. Now, this tells us that there's only one source of grace. That's right. And it's all of God. And then, and then that that phrase tells us then that there is one supply. All grace comes from God. All of it. Right. The God of all grace. Then we see that there's, you know, in this one supply of grace, we see that this grace is is abundant. Romans 5.17, we see the words, uh, the abundance of grace. Right. And then in 2 Corinthians 4.15, we see the words, abundant grace. It's abundant it, it's it's overflowing, Amen. and it's there, and it's and it's it's appeared unto all men, and it's available to everybody. By the way, in addition to this abundance of grace, uh, the book of James in James chapter four six says that if we if we should need more grace, <laughs> yeah, James says he giveth more grace. Yeah, one of my favorite hymns of all time is entitled that. He What's gi- it entitled? He giveth more grace. He giveth more grace. He giveth more grace when the burdens uh, when the burdens grow weary. He giveth yeah. more grace when the labors increase. 
to add to he addeth uh, see to added affliction he addeth his mercy to multiplied trials his multiplied peace <laughs> yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> so, so, number one, that we see it's sovereign grace, all God. That's right. All grace. That's right. It's simple. Number two, then there's, and this is not less important, and none of these is. And then there's saving grace, and we've already talked about two, uh, Titus two eleven. Yeah. Uh, so we see the appearance of grace. Now, mm-hmm. now, if you want to make an outline, here's the way I would have preached this if I had all the time. First of all, there's the appearance of grace, of saving grace. Uh, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. This verse also tells us about the availability of grace. There it is. Yep. It's available. To everybody, because it's appeared to every man. That's right. I think last week we talked about how is this possible. In Romans chapter one, we're talking about the uh, evilness of men, and mm-hmm. and uh, and I think it's the uh, cha- uh, chapter one, verse eighteen and nineteen says, um, "For that which may be known of God uh, is manifest in them." That's right. For God hath showed it unto them. The grace of God has appeared in everybody. Yeah. Everybody has a, has a shot. Um, this verse also tells us about the availability of grace. There it is. Pastor, it's there, folks. Pastor, yes. uh, you know, it might be helpful to, to even go a verse further in, in Romans chapter 1. Um, go ahead. Uh, uh, verse 20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And, listener, this is from the Bible. We're not making this up. That's right. So, uh, grace is available to everybody. And Ephesians 2, 8, we've already quoted, for by grace are you saved through faith, and we see the appropriation of grace. For you are saved... uh, by faith, by uh, saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then this verse also tells us the accomplishment of grace. So, and that is salvation. Amen. It's a saving grace. There's no other way. And then, I I love the book of Ephesians. I I, I was going to sit down one day and write a commentary on the book of Ephesians, but it was almost too much for my poor <laughs> human mind. <laughs> because uh, num- number three in our list, we see the splendor of grace the splendor. highlighted in, in, in the book of Ephesians. Yeah. It says, it says but believers have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That's in Ephesians 1 verse 7, the riches of his grace. Yes. I mean, I mean, the, the, our pot of gold is overflowing. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It really is. It really is. And, and uh, I want us to, to understand and believe and, and take hold of the fact that, that we are rich through God's riches of grace. Uh, in Ephesians 2, 7, we see the words that, that in ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches mm. of his grace. So we <laughs> see the splendor of God's grace. Right. So, sovereign grace, saving grace, and the splendor of that grace. Now, uh, do, you have a, do you have a prayer time where you set aside for prayer? I do one uh, do I do once in the morning and then once in the evening? Uh, yeah, and then you, you have, probably have to do it at work <laughs> between those uh, times. Uh, just about every yeah, about every twenty minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so, and so, uh, point number four talks about supplicating grace. Mm-hmm. That's the subject of Hebrews chapter four, verses fourteen through sixteen. It says, "Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heaven." Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. 
For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Right. Understand that. He knows all about our pains. Right. He knows all about our sorrows. He knows all about our discomfort. Because yeah. he was touched with those feelings of our infirmities for the 33 years he walked on the earth. Yes, yes. And then it goes on to say, but was in all points tempted like as we are, mm-hmm. yet without sin. That's because he didn't have the sin nature. That's right. He was born of a virgin, and the seed was planted by the Holy Ghost. Amen. So he did not... He did not inherit Adam's sin nature. Right. And then the verse in Hebrews says, Let us therefore come boldly. Mm. Well, I like to come humbly before the throne of grace, but the writer of Hebrews says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Don't be afraid of it. That's right. Let's go to God. That's right. That we may obtain mercy mm. and find grace to help right. in the time of need. Right. Enough said. Enough yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, folks, don't 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 hinder your prayer life. Pray without ceasing. The Bible says, right. and we have supplicating grace, which is given to us by our great and holy God through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. By the way, Noah walked with God, and so we see in Noah. That God extends to us serving grace. Mm. In mm. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 says, Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God <laughs> acceptably. Yes. With reverence and godly fear. That doesn't mean we should shake and knock our knees. It means respect. Respect. With reverence and respect for God, we we should serve Him, and we should use the grace that was freely given to you and to me uh, to save us. That's right. That we use it to serve God, and right. that's what we're doing today through these podcasts, and we're going to continue as God uh, allows us yes. to serve God in this manner and with others. By the way. Um, Almost everybody that we're talking to uh, has neighbors. Right. Uh, now, I have some neighbors, a young couple with a, with a, a child under two years old. They just moved away uh, because they found a, a home that was more suitable for their needs. And I am so glad that they got the gospel from me. Yeah. Now, I wasn't afraid. Right. Just wanted to let them know about the grace of God. They didn't receive Christ as their Savior, as far as I know, but they've heard it from from another Christian. Right. Uh, my fo- they, then my neighbors on the other side of me, they they heard it from me. So, um, I, I, and by the way, the guy that came to uh, to uh, refinish our bathtub last week or this week rather heard the gospel. I had plenty of time. I took about fifteen or twenty minutes to. To tell him to serve God, and and I could not have done that without taking hold of the grace of God, knowing mm-hmm. that I have serving grace. That's right. That's number five. By the way, five is the number of grace number, in the Bible. That's okay. right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, number six. Here's what's really important is called speaking grace now i've got a book i've written and I, I keep talking about these booklets i i i've only had a few of these things printed to give the family and friends and and church members and so forth um and i don't know how to make them available uh, um nationally or internationally but i've written them anyway and they're in print and and it's entitled so speak and so here's a speaking grace. Colossians 4, verse 6 said, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how to answer every man. Then Ephesians tells us uh, to let no, man, uh, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may, may minister grace to the hearers on this I wrote 
I'm going to just give you a couple of them. Uh, we ought to use uh, uh, studied speech. We're supposed to study to answer every man of the hope that lieth within us. Right. Yeah. The righteous man studieth to answer. That's what the book of Proverbs says. Yeah. In the, in the scripture I just read, um, our, we, used, we have to use seasoned speech. Seasoned with salt. Now, salt is always historically and still is being used as a preservative. Right. And you use it and I use it, at least I think we do, <laughs> to, to enhance the taste of what we eat. Yes. So our speech, sometimes we have to use simple, simple stupid. <laughs> Years ago, in Abraham Baptist Church, there was a, uh, an associate to Jack Heil uh, at that great church in Hammond, and he, he said we have to use this kiss method of speaking the gospel. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> so sometimes we used to have to use simple speech, and, and we, we have to use sound speech. That means it has to be doctrinally accurate. That's what the word sound means. Right. Yeah. It, it means uh, to be sober-minded in, in doctrine. Uh, in, in the when doctrine and four of those word sound precedes it. We have to use sound speech. Sometimes we have to use strong speech. Right. Isaiah was told to cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and tell my people about their sins. Yeah. And so, uh, but in all of these things, Curtis, we have speaking grace. Yes, we do. We have grace to do that, and we ought to take hold of that grace. Then number seven, they're singing grace. We've already talked about this. <laughs> it's an ex that's, a, that's, a, that's an exhibition of, of uh, the grace that God has, uh, has given to us. Colossians 3.16 uh, reads it this way. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all mm. wisdom, teaching. There's that teaching grace. Yep. And admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, yes. singing with grace <laughs> yeah. in your hearts to the Lord. Mm -hmm. I am sick and tired mm -hmm. of hearing these modern choruses that are that are um, that come from the mouths of people that don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the old hymns when people really believed in grace. Right. Uh, I was listening recently to a, uh, to a program on television Sunday. Uh, you know that uh, uh, Sharon is not feeling real well, and sometimes she can't go to church, and so I stay here with her. Mm -hmm. And uh, and there's a, a, a program called Grace Alive, and I like the title. It's Sometimes it's perverted. I heard the praise team singing one time, and they repeated this phrase all over, over, and over, and over, and over again. I think they repeated it seven times. The blood of Jesus courses through our veins. The blood of Jesus courses through our veins. And that is doctrinally incorrect. What our problem is, the blood of Adam courses through our veins, yeah. and the grace of God fills our spirit. That's right. And so, so when we sing, we ought to sing with grace in our hearts yes. to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Our singing goes to heaven. That's right. And it's a testimony here to men. Yeah, I'm, now, so they're singing grace, and, and there's more, all right? 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 and 8. Paul the apostle was given a thorn in the flesh. Mm-hmm. He was, he was sick. He had been beaten. He had been locked in chains. Yeah. He was given a thorn in the flesh, and he besought the Lord thrice to remove it from him. That's right. Three times he said, God, can you please remove this? I'm in pain. <laughs> yep. And he was. Yeah. 
but he, but he didn't quit. He asked the Lord thrice, and then Paul writes, and he said unto me, My grace, my grace is, is sufficient. What? It's sufficient yeah. for you. That's exactly right. You know your scriptures, my son. <laughs> my grace is sufficient for you. So in number eight, we have sufficient grace. Um, wow. And then sufficient for what? For infirmities, mm. for reproaches, mm -hmm. for necessities, persecutions, distresses. Things that happen um, in everyday life. Everyday life. It happens all the time. To all it'll of us. us through, it'll give us to get us through COVID-19. Amen. If we'll just let God's grace Amen. fill us. That's right. You That's see? right. Now, uh, now, I've told you before, and I haven't said this publicly very much, but the independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, and I guess I'll add the word Baptist because that's what I am, um, I'm a, but I'm a, I'm a saved person saved by grace, yes. but if you're doing this kind of a job that we're doing right now and we're doing it publicly, we've got a target on our back. You well, know that? There's no doubt about it. Yeah, Ephesians 6 tells us about putting on the whole armor of God and we're to take on the shield of faith That's right. that we can withstand the fiery darts of the devil. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so God's grace is sufficient for that. Now, I can tell you three times, I won't go into detail in any, where I have been, as a, as a minister of the gospel, I have been falsely accused of some terrible things. And and untrue things. And I tell you, there were times when I just wanted to say, that's it, I'm done. Mm -hmm. If this is what's going to happen, if this is what's going to happen when I preach the word of God faithfully, why, my, my, this hurts. It does hurt. Yeah. And yet, I have sufficient grace. Amen. And so do you, and don't you ever forget it. Right. All right? Right. Okay. Number nine. Now, we're moving this along pretty pretty well, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Number nine, there is specific grace. Mm. And this is the one I'd like to just spend weeks and weeks talking about. If there's one thing that's been perverted in evangelical churches, and by the way, I don't even want to be called evangelical anymore because I see where the evangelical movement is moving farther and farther and farther to the left. Yeah, they're going, farther, they're going farther away they're, from the right. They're going yeah. totally ecumenical. Totally. Totally ecumenical. Totally. Yeah, and when you get ecumenical, you have to make concessions. Yeah, you, ha you, you have to compromise. saying and Paul wrote a whole a whole book and, and a specific chapter in first Corinthians about spiritual gifts. That's right. And one of the spiritual gifts that is being greatly perverted is the gift of tongues. Yeah. There is no such thing as a gift of unknown tongues. Right. The tongues that we are supposed to use are tongues that can be understood in Thailand and Argentina, right. where our podcast has been heard recently. Amen. Yep. And so that's and so uh, and so now let's get back into this specific grace. Let me let me read to you why I wrote specific graces in regard to spiritual gifts. Now, Curtis. And our listeners, every believer, whether we know it or not, has a gift mm -hmm. or or gifts. Right. But er, it's not every believer has the same gift or gifts. Uh, Romans 12, verses 5 and 6 says, so we being many, oh, I like that. You know, we're not alone <laughs> in this faith. Amen. Um, so so that, we being that's good many news. are one. <laughs> and everyone members one of another. That's right. Now, my, my, my bodily members aren't too pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in that boat with you. <laughs> and you look a little bit like me. A little so bit, yeah. Don't get, don't get too puffed up. <laughs> <laughs> we are everyone members 
Absolutely. The Bible says in several places he died for our sins and not for ours only in first John chapter two, but for the whole world. Right. He gave himself for every single person. Now did he know in advance who was going to be saved? Yep. yep. He sure did. John six sixty four. He even knew who wasn't going to believe. But he preached to them the grace of God anyway. anyway yep. <laughs> and so atonement is not limited by God. 
If it's limited at all, it's limited by those who will not choose and take hold That's right. of God's amazing, wonderful, marvelous grace. That's right. He bore our sins mm. in his own body on the tree. Mm. Boy, what grace. <laughs> well, Curtis, now I'm, I'm somewhat exhausted, but I want, to, I want you to know, but God's grace is never exhausted. That's right. And so we need to grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3. And why? Mm. <laughs> because there is grace all over the place. Grace all over the place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I want to go back to something we said about uh, the compromise that's going on in the world today. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a good friend. He was my pastor for uh, almost two years. Uh, and my wife is sitting here listening, and she's nodding her head. And we loved him dearly, and uh, he was attacked and uh, and uh, actually run out of uh, the church that he was pastoring. But we love him. He's not quit. He's continuing to preach the Word of God. His name is Dr. J.B. Hickson. And if you want to see what he says about the grace, uh, you, need to get, uh, you need to get on his website called notbyworks.org. But anyway, here's what he said about compromise. He said he got tired of hearing people say that we must agree to disagree. <laughs> he said, so here's what I'm going to say from now on. I'm going to disagree to agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love about it. Com about compromises. Well, well then, so I wrote this booklet, <laughs> and I've been using the material in this booklet. And, and one day, uh, I, I had already written the article. I already had it in print. And I was reading a wonderful book by Ernest D. Pickering, who I think was the prime mover in the regular Baptist movement, church movement, uh, now going on to be with the Lord. And, and the book was entitled, Are Fundamentalist Legalists? Oh, yeah. And, of course, the answer was no. He wrote a whole book to answer it that way. And I discovered in this book the following list of grace stuff, and, and I, I put it, uh, I added it to my booklet. And it, it's a list of things about grace, and I'm going to go through these kind of rapidly, and I'm going to finish with this. But he talks about this list of things, and there's 18 of them. Can I, can I read them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going. I'm going to, I was going to anyway. Okay. <laughs> I know you were. Go ahead. Number one, grace is fully manifested in the Son. Right. John 1, verses 14 through 17. Number two, grace is the basis of salvation. We talked about that, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Mm -hmm. Grace is the basis of sanctification. Yep. Galatians chapter 3, verse 3. Yes. Grace is at the seat and soul of the gospel. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Mm -hmm. Number five, grace is the basis of our standing in Jesus Christ. Romans 15, yep. verses 15 through 17. Grace provides aid in our service, and we talked about that already. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. That's number six. Number seven, uh, grace provides a place for our service. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Mm -hmm. Number 8, grace enables us to use our spiritual abilities, and we've talked about that all right already. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Yeah. Number 9, grace helps us to express praise through singing. Colossians 3, 16. Number 10, grace helps us to speak with wisdom. Colossians 4, 6. Number 11, grace is always steadfast. Mm -hmm. It's always there, yeah. should we need it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 28. Yeah. Number 12, grace calls us to sanctification. 2 Timothy 1, 9. Number 13, grace gives us strength to live for Christ. 2 Timothy 2, 1. Yeah. Grace motivates us, number 14, to shun ungodliness, mm. Titus 2.11, which we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. Number 15, grace helps us in our supplication, 
And again, we've talked about that, Hebrews 4.16. Number 16, grace gives us special me measure in submission. Oh, yeah. James 4.6. Wow, if we don't submit to God's grace, we're in a jam. Right. Number 17, grace is evidenced in the use of spiritual gifts. 1 Peter 4.10. And number 18, 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 says grace is specially evident in the times of suffering. Yeah. Yes. Our message today, Curtis, is that grace is amazing. It is. Grace is marvelous. <laughs> it is. Grace is wonderful. Grace is apparent. Yeah. Grace is available. We can, everyone can appropriate it for themselves. And grace gives us salvation through faith. Amen. For our listeners today, if you just happen to tune in, I don't think that's the way you, well, the reason you did, but if you happen to and you don't and you're not sure of your salvation, for by grace are you saved through faith. Faith in what? Amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection to pay the debt for your sins and for mine. I want you to know, and we'll close with this, there is grace all over the place. <laughs> thank yeah. you for your time today. Pastor, thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much for that, for that, uh, for that message. That, uh, that's a pertinent message for, for uh, today and for every day and for every occurrence in, in everybody's life. And uh, it's just amazing uh, the extent and the power and, uh, of God's grace. Uh, you know, it, I didn't want to interject anything while you were going there. It's, it was so good. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> but, I, but I'd like to encourage everybody that's listening uh, just to, to, as an illustration of how magnificent and, and unlimited the grace of God is, uh, and, and the word of God itself is just amazing. Uh, I'd like to ever encourage everybody to go to John chapter 5 and, and read it. Uh, John chapter 5 uh, is about Jesus healing a sick man on the Sabbath day. Uh, and he did it in, in a, in a, at a place called the Pool of Bethsaida. Now, the interesting thing here is that the Pool of Bethsaida uh, was a place where the infirm, people who had illnesses and diseases uh, for, for most of their lives, uh, went every day uh, to wait to be healed. And this occurred when uh, the waters would stir it was a it was a still pool but when the waters would bubble and and you could see that the waters were agitated uh, that was the angel of the lord saying come on down let's get there's grace right here for you we can god can fix this for you and the first ones down to the pool would be healed now that's amazing that's amazing in itself, but I want you to understand that also that the pool of Bethsaida had porches where these people were waiting. And do you know how many how many porches there were to the pool of Bethsaida? I hope you're going to tell us. I'm gonna. Uh, John chapter five. <laughs> John chapter five says there were five porches, and uh, as you mentioned earlier, Pastor. Uh, <laughs> The, the number of God's grace, biblically, in, in numerolo numerologically speaking, is uh, five. That's the number of yeah. grace. It's just amazing, isn't it? The things that you can find uh, in God's Word. God will reveal these things to you if you're looking for them. But I, I just wanted to mention that as, as uh, an illustration as to what, you, what you've been talking about for the past 45 minutes, Pastor. And I uh, want to thank you again for that message today. That was, that was beautiful. Beautiful. Hey, by the way, let, let me add to that. Um, uh, he got into the 
pool. Yeah. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. He didn't yeah. get in the pool, but he, God healed him anyway. He did. And by His grace, and he went walking and singing and praising God. That's right. That's right. Because grace is all over the place. That is correct. Okay. Yes. But thanks for giving me this privilege, Curtis. I love it. No. Oh, man, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have okay. it any other way. So I want to. I want to conclude this by thanking everybody for tuning in today, and and we pray and and hope that uh, that the message of God's grace got through loud and clear to you today. It is available to you. It is available. If you're unsaved, it's especially available to you. And if you are saved, uh, th- this this message that Pastor gave is a reminder that. Uh, that it is an incredible gift, the grace of God, and it's available to us every minute of every day, and it is sufficient for all to meet all of your need, all of your need. No matter what that need is, God's grace is sufficient for it. Pastor, we thank you again, and and, uh, listen, we, uh, we look forward to next week. And uh, we're yep. gonna we're gonna follow up a little bit on grace, aren't we? Well, we're gonna follow up on grace and truth. And truth, we're gonna add truth yeah. in there. That oh, yeah. that's gonna yeah. be good. Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, "What is truth?" Oh yeah. And we're gonna and we're gonna detail about what truth is. Man, I can hardly wait. I hope I hope everybody that's listening can hardly wait, and I hope you'll join us uh, uh, next Saturday. Remember, we're going to change the date of, of uh, publish uh, for the podcast from Wednesday to Saturday. So we hope you'll tune in with us again next Saturday. And we pray that this ministry is a great blessing to you, as, just as it is to us. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you all next week. Glory to God. Bye now.